everyone and welcome back to Social Flux. Today we're on episode five and we're speaking to the co-owner and director of 24 Kitchen Street, Sard. How are you doing? I'm all right, you know, thanks for inviting me down. No worries, I'm made up to have you on because obviously if everyone, anyone who knows me knows Kitchen Street is my favourite venue to go to and play at as well. Um, so just starting off for anyone who doesn't know, yeah, just tell us just a bit about yourself and your background really. Uh, well, I... I'm co-owner and a director of uh, Kitchen Street, I'm pretty much sole at the moment. Um, yeah, we the uh, it started in November 2013 on temporary event notices. Yeah. Um, I like officially became part of it in I think it was about only four months later. It was like March 2014. Yeah. So we've been open there. Uh, like almost eight years now, if I'm doing my maths correctly. Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. that's eight seven years. Seven and a half, seven and a half years. <laughs> yeah, it's been an interesting journey, but yeah, it's, it's, it's been great to be doing something that you like. It's, it's, it's like something passionate to get up to. Yeah. To get, get, rather than dreading going in every day with some old jobs. Like oh, yeah, yeah, I know. I feel, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I think everyone will agree with me and Liverpool. It is one of like the the best and well-known venues. Like everybody wants to go to Kitchen Street. Everybody wants to have their events in Kitchen Street. So like, what was it for you when you come about? Obviously, did you always want to find a venue to own or? Well, uh the my my business partner and co-owner um basically we met in uni and we had like similar interests in the same music genres mostly like um uk based style music yeah. uh, from and also like uh um rap and garage grime so that's type of music, including like dub and stuff that was resurgent at the time, like yeah. dubstep and that. And uh, he was a promoter at the time in uni. Like he uh, he did um, a few people that became massive. Like got them for a few hundred quid, like the likes of like Benga okay. and uh, Ben UFO. What? And, like, and they were pretty much, you know, he yeah. still three figures. So and he, he had the... He had the uh, he was the one who was quite passionate about doing the, the grassroots from dry hires to, you know, not so wholesome parties. Yeah. But, uh, like, yeah, he started, um, and we never st- stayed out of contact. We've been, fr- like, friends for quite a long time. And he stumbled across Kitchen Street looking for a, a place for a dry hire party. And pretty much the owner of the building was looking to, get shut of it and didn't want any developers buying the place. Yeah. So just through going to the, the banks, etc. the um somehow luckily we were at fortunate to take the building. Yeah, thank God you got the building because yeah. I mean look what it's turned into. Well before you, you obviously got the building, was it a was it a nightclub anyway or was it something no, totally different? It was different? Um, a builder's merchant warehouse. So it was used oh. for like storing everything from like concrete to screws and Looking through the uh, the past of the building, it's been going since like 1850 and it's been everything from like uh, an upholsterer's, a rubber refinery, oh stables for horses. It's been quite like, we've had to do a lot of research recently because we're uh, structurally, we need to do some work to um, like use some unused space of the building yeah. to get it open to the public. And it's been interesting finding out like 
about the whole area because pretty much the Baltic was just pretty much all mills and industrial use. But there was a, a lot of pubs that you you don't really know that existed. I think that like the last pub on the street was um Abdul's shop to go local. Was it was it? called um, And that was a pub? Yeah, the Sutton Vaults and you're talking like um the the noughties, like two thousands. Yeah. Like before it was a shop and the student accommodation went on top. It was quite obvious that it was a pub. Like and I remember it being a pub when yeah, I yeah. was younger, but like it, it weren't every that you normally took unless you were going to uh, the uh, the police station. Yeah. Uh, to be honest. Because <laughs> like there was like there, there weren't no car parks there like there are now. Because yeah. Liverpool one's pretty new. Like if you used to park to go to town, you'd park um where would it be now? Like school laneways, like that part of Liverpool one, yeah. Hanover Street, where the old Quiggins was. Yeah. The St. John's, like where the car parks are now located for you to go shopping in town. That wasn't what that land was used for. Yeah. I think it was like um Sure, it was just the Motels Hotel on Paradise Street. Was it? And the old Shabazz Park. Like, um, yeah, there was car parks, but you you tend to go more down Paradise Street. Yeah. And it was a different route out of town. So yeah, like, like Liverpool has changed a lot, especially yeah. around like the, this area. Like this area, as you said, was all like construction sites and like industry. Yeah, like, but and- like even before Kitchen Street, um, like in the early stages of Kitchen Street, like there was only like probably to me five operational buildings if it was like the light place around the corner Uh, obviously the Baltic Creative was in its early stages and then you had a house which became Constellations um, Camp and Furnace and then there was us and what is District now but used to be the Flying Picket which didn't really open that much it was like it it wasn't something that you could go to every weekend and expect to be open. It was open generally just for on an event ad, ad hoc basis. Yeah. And then, uh, yeah, like, and I worked in garages years ago and I actually used to pick up cars and um, send cars to the place which is across the road from us, which is Swanky Malone's now, but it used to be called like Automatics, yeah. which is like an automatic uh, car specialist. So it was pretty much a ghost town. There had to be something in on the street for you to be using to go to it yeah like i've got like my wife's family are from the um the state of, across the road and i grew up with a, a few people around there i've got mates who run uh restaurants in chinatown so i've always passed through it but more on a residential or a specialist basis not really it was never for going out and yeah. even my friends, when I got into Kitchen Street, like, they questioned, what the hell are you doing? Nobody's going to go well, you know what, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. I was going to say, what was it about Kitchen Street that caught your eye and was like, that we need to get this and we need, this is going to be the next big place? Well, the drivers, uh, my business partner, just seemed to have a knack for uh, um, enticing crowds, like, in parties that he'd done in the past. And so I had no doubt that, like, we would get people to it. But in the... Um, like the building itself, it just had that old charm to it, like yeah. an old warehouse. It wasn't too big, and it was, and it, it even though it's on the small side, it's it's not that small. No, like it's nice, get a, like intimate. Get a few facts. hundred people, and I think down the line, like even DJs that you sort of break the bank for, or if they lower the fee because you've sort of made a good name for yourself, like and they want to play because they were good things, like. They, 
they generally um, prefer an intimate crowd compared to yeah. like where the electronic music's gone now, where you know they're going to these multi-thousand capacity venues. Yeah, like Bramley Mordock, for yeah, example. Massive. They, they seem to like. I think it reminds them of like the early stages of the career when yeah. you know the the love for the the scene was a a bit more passionate rather than just a, a cash print. Yeah, like I think any DJ like, will agree with me. Like playing in like a small intimate venue, you can feel the energy from the crowd. Like yeah. when you play in in like a massive venue, you obviously you're not close to the crowd. You just kind of you can't really feel the energy. So I would definitely agree with you on that one. Um, but it is Kitchen Street now, like obviously what you've made of it, is that what you've always kind of wanted it to be or has it kind of just shaped itself? Or? It's, a, it's a bit of a mix. Like um, I, I feel like when I start, started it, I felt like just through like bad experiences going to mainstream town of the complications of getting in, mm. um, just you know, clashing with certain types of people and, you know, it's just, it it just became, like, unbearable to go out. Like, yeah. it, it was something you, you had to be on your toes. Yeah, Like, just the, some of the policies of that whole malarkey of depending where you went, like, they just make it up as you go along. Like, oh. Yeah, no, like, you have to no, wear this. Yeah, thing. no trainees tonight. Yeah. You go home, put shoes uh put shoes and pants on them and then when you come on back the next time at the same club they'd be like they just make an excuse like no brown shoes today and it was just like oh just come on why, why can't it be somewhere where it's just relaxed yeah and you're just going for you know the type of music you want to listen to or you know just yeah. a vibe and i think that's the the main thing that we tried to start with but we tried to put our musical interests at the forefront of first which was more uk um bass and urban music if you to say at the start but what we found was like you couldn't put that on every night especially on a ticket of events yeah. and expect to be full or generate an income uh week in week out doing like basically this events that would attract the same people like there's all they've only got so much disposable income yeah so we start like um people that work with uh they're quite musically minded and uh, they're quite on um trend with what's going on in other music scenes and like through that time we like people started renting space out rather than us putting events on ourselves and then just through making contacts and just exploring the nightlife ourselves and experimenting with music, other music that we were into rather than just focusing on just stuff that we'd play ourselves. Um, it just grew on its own organically. Yeah, like yeah. with um, making better relationships with other promoters and just people um, just sort of know, like just checking out Kitchen Street on a night out when they were going past. Yeah, everyone Yeah, rather than just... Yeah, and you do see a few shocks on people's faces when they assume it's going to be like a tech night or a drum and bass night and it'll be like a... Completely different. Yeah, a cabaret night yeah, or something. Yeah. But like, yeah. But that's the love of Kitchen yeah. Street, though. You, like, you never know what's happening and some nights you could go and it could be like a, a gay night and like people might go and not, not expect to have a ball, but they would have an absolute ball. So you just don't expect what... Like what kitchen she has to offer sometimes, yeah. which is always exciting. It keeps it. We've had, we've had a, a few stories where like some 
just local lads with their mates have come in. Like, their mates have been like, oh, this isn't for me. And one of them stayed. Yeah. And later on, we've had, like, a message like, oh, I've never knew this sort of stuff existed. And <laughs> since going to this night, I've discovered myself and I'm now... Uh, um, consider myself non-binary. Oh my stuff. god, like, that's fascinating! People isn't it? have like ever come out because of coming to a night in yeah. Kitchen Street, and it's just like, geez, you know, it's like spaces like this is where people feel comfortable and are finding the true self. It's like it's an honor to be, you know, a page in their history book yeah. of how they find themselves, which is a sort of where Kitchen Street's gone now and. What we're proud of is just like having an offer for everybody, every walk of life, every every music genre, and it's it seems it seems to be uh, just getting stronger. To be yeah. honest, it, it is it's quite um, like overwhelming, like how much support we've had over the years, and like the long-standing relationships we've had with promoters that could have moved on, but it's just yeah. like now nah, we're not going anywhere. We're staying here. That's what, that's what I was going to say. Like, you work, like, very closely with a few, few like, brands and um, different events in Liverpool. So what are, what are some of the brands that, that have stood by you for the longest? Uh, there's um, externally, external promoters, I think the longest standing, probably Sonic Youther. Oh, um, I love Sonic Youther. Yeah, it's a... It's, 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 it's a, a boss knife. Yeah, it is. It is. And then uh, uh, more recently, people like Culture Deck, who started their own media platform yeah, and an event space for uh, local um, rap and R&B artists. Uh, and then they've got good relationships with the lads from No Faken. Yeah. Uh, who else? The, 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 the list is endless, but Power to the People, Onyx, Omnia, the, a lot of a lot of local uh, promoters and as well, like nationwide promoters, like Jams, uh, who run a uh, Butters Records? They were one of the initial ones, and they brought a few people through our door. Regrettably, one of the ones we didn't agree to book and should have was Stormzy. Oh. I should shoot myself enough. Oh. As, uh, yeah, it was our Stormzy and Novelist. Yeah, and uh, we went with Novelist at the time because he seemed to be the one to look like he was going b- uh, yeah. bigger places, but. We made the mistake and learned, but oh, it wasn't God. a mistake. Novelist is still a sick MC, but yeah. it was just to say that you've had... You've had storms, yeah. yeah, I imagine that. Yeah. And, then, and we'll be back. <laughs> yeah, he will, yeah. Maybe not in Kitchen Street, but he'll definitely be in Liverpool. <laughs> um, but yeah, you touched on as well, like obviously being a safe place for like people to come and be themselves. So with it being such like an iconic venue, what... What measures you put in place to like keep Kitchen Street such a safe place? Um, we we try and through root and branch from everything from the bar staff to the security to the um, promoters in house. All our staff have a representation of all walks of life. Yeah, like from essentially your gender to sexuality to race. Like or like we want a good representation of what our audience is so that in any walk of life anyone can relate to somebody's you know yeah. lifestyle or um, 100%. how they live yeah and I, I think that's how you've got to do it to be honest so from everything from having female um male trans um uh, door staffs um 
bar staff, everything. I think it's it's the best way. Of yeah, it makes make, people feel welcome. Yeah, it's just a, it's inclusion through in any in any category of what you're doing. You can't just uh, like like what you see a lot of times now with social media campaigns. People start to take care because of something that's pretty much. If it's like the likes of Black Lives Matter, everyone's starting to do race inclusion in workplaces and yeah. their brands and stuff. And it's like that was never on our radar and it's not something that we shout about, but it's like... You should be doing that you anyway. You should be doing that yeah. anyway and we always have done. So with like safe spaces policy and what we do for our customers and that, like there's, there's always ways you can um, improve it and learn, but it's like... We we did it with not being asked or not because of some social dynamic change or social event that's happened in the past. It's something that we thought we'd in, uh, yeah. partake in anyway, just to be inclusive yeah. and, and make sure that everyone's safe. So the like our policies are from ableism, racism, ageism, um, sexism any sorts of harassment abuse um just being un- uncomfortable anyway it's just being having a dialogue with staff and um just training your staff on how to deal with it yeah if, it, if it's through any sort of training um that we're advised or like we research you know to make staff feel better in situations from mental health to you know just general yeah, language it's, it's just it's, it's 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 about education because not everyone that you even employ um could potentially have the right language or a grasp of a situation of what people live with and unless you educate them or point them in the right direction of training there's, there's no way of um giving someone the tools to deal with yeah. situations that might occur in the space. Yeah, definitely. That's I think that's really important. And I think anyone who's been in the kitchen, she's always feels really safe and, like, can be themselves. And even down to, like, the security. Like, most places you go, you're scared of the security or you're the, the knobheads, basically, yeah. put it that way. Whereas kitchen street, they're not. Like, they're always nice, welcoming. They, they're not treating you in any sort yeah. of different way than anyone else um any other securities us in other places really yeah um but yeah back on to the achievements like what what has been like the biggest possible achievement for for you and kitchen street oh, well for i think we've won a couple of awards but have you I, I, I don't i think we've got like we want to get into this award years ago and i think the most recent one we won the skiddle uh, what is bad time? And whilst we were uh, back and forth with the council about our sound uh, issues, was best rib rattling sound system. <laughs> and it's just like, oh, could, like not we, what you need. We didn't even advertise it online. <laughs> we just thought, nah, bad time. And uh, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think for me, it, it, it like growing up as a kid listening to like hip hop and um. All, all the genres I listened to was like we, one time a show got moved I think from the Invisible Wind Factory it was um, Adrian Young and um, uh, oh, Adrian Young and uh, Shaheed Mohammed from a tribe called Quest oh yeah and like you know he's like a Grammy Award both yeah. of them are Grammy Award winners I think it's off the back of the uh, 
the Luke Cage soundtrack on Netflix. They did an album together called uh, Midnight. Mi- was it Midnight Marauders? No, no, no. The the, the Shahid Muhammad and um, Adrian Young. I think it was called like uh, I've forgotten the name of it, but like I've never been starstruck by anyone before, and yeah. I just no words could come out of my mouth, and I was just like, Jesus Christ! <laughs> say, like a Grammy, like a Grammy award winner's been in the yeah, venue. Yeah, that is amazing. And like... I think uh, same thing happened with Red Bull when it, Liverpool was the host of the Music City of the year. We had um, Dave. In, like in the early parts of his career yeah. but looking at it now like just to say that you had him in it there, is a massive achievement yeah. yeah and then like there's, we've had loads of touches from like people like Circus and Shibuku and that like they massive put like Salado brands. and George Gerald and you know there's been a few that like Sosa would have been outside of our grasp to be able to secure them to play in the venue, but it to us it's an achievement to be considered to have them play behind the decks. But there's 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 so many arts. It's like it's just there. It's more. I think uh, I think I'm more proud of achievements in um our broad like programming of events. Like yeah. not being so focused on one type of music or which a, a lot of, of places around here are. A lot of venues are just focused on one sole type of music and, and people. Yeah, yeah. Because it's uh, like you can have a pound in your pocket or yeah. a thousand pound. Like you're just gonna get treated the same. In our yeah, place. it's not something which not trying to get bottle and sparklers and you know. And I'm not saying that that's a bad thing because sometimes people do want to feel like. The, a king or a queen in a place, you know, but it's just it, it, we just want everyone just to be feel comfortable and just be treated equally, which is our main purpose of any yeah. customer coming in. To be honest, definitely, and that's definitely what you're achieving. Um, you say you work, you work with like obviously biggest biggest achievements are getting different, like your DJs, your artists, in, and you you work with doing the Baltic Weekender as well. Yeah. So you're getting some massive artists on that as well. So how did that come about with starting that? Well, we started, um, the Baltic Weekend's been going for a few years now, but yeah. the concept of it, we started uh, years ago with one of the um, owners of Bongo's Bingo, and it was called uh, the Baltic Block Party. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, I actually remember yeah, that. Yeah, so th- we did that, and there was a few other uh, like, concepts of it. I think we had it as the Baltic Garden Festival. Yeah. for one point with another promoter and then Andy from uh, Abandoned Silence we've been working with him for years we've been putting events on in Kitchen Street and um, we sort of had the same alignments he was going into bigger events like bigger capacity events for Abandoned Silence from smaller venues like ourselves Yeah, and DJs which we booked like in the past who's sort of started becoming out of price range to even be able to work in Kitchen Street um, with having close relationships with um, agents and managers and having an ear and still being able to book people. Like, Kitchen Street became too small and it was just certain dates of the year we just saw that there was demand for, um, like, high-capacity events with stack lineups that we we started to make sense on paper. So we winged it the first couple of times and yeah. it's um, just become a lot more reliable and uh easy easier to uh to um you know push forward and yeah. actually do it so 
between um abandoned silence and 24 kitchen street like baltic can has been a success like the last few years and it seems to it was constantly growing we were looking to uh, increase the capacity this year um but obviously due to covid we were going to put it off and we just saw out the the back end of the exit roadmap of uh covid that, that there was still a demand for the events in the summer so we put out the dates and the people who'd booked the tickets to pass on to 2022 didn't ask for a refund and it just made sense to just follow through with it because half of the DJs were already booked. Yeah. And um, we just tried to fill in the gaps with, in the same way we would have programmed it if COVID didn't exist. Yeah, because it's definitely something that Liverpool is missing. There's not another, like like festival really like that that's going on um with that type of music and th- there is even in that there's all different types of music it's yeah. not just like solely tech or like r&b it's all different yeah. types isn't like it everything from jazz to yeah. r&b to full nails techno yeah to tech <laughs> to you know hip-hop drum bass and like jungle like rather i don't think there's anything like that yeah, I there's not, and you've missed that, yeah. Nah, there's like the, all types of electronic music and live music. Just trying to focus the room on certain genres with a good crossover of similar interest and trying to fill them out. Yeah. Whilst making the ticket price seem uh, worthy of the lineups in each room to cater to what people want. Yeah, I really can't wait for that. Like, the lineup is sick. Like, well, from what I've heard, it yeah. is sick. Um, but yeah, a few mates to play on that as well, so I can't wait to see them play. Yeah, that's, a, that's another thing is you're always trying to get the um, the locals to try and be able to have support slots on there because like without them, like the, the like we wouldn't exist. You know yeah. what I mean? It's it's just uh, giving a touch back for them helping us if it's at Kitchen Street or Abandoned Silence or just the Liverpool music scene in general. It's just you know, a reflection of what the city offers. Yeah. Also incorporated into the Baltic Weekenders importance rather than just concentrating on the, the big the artists. Yeah. And, yeah, and that's a nice touch as well to get like obviously up and coming DJs and locals involved. Yeah. Um but you wear you do other things as well as the Baltic Weekends are like obviously the kitchen street gets used for a number of different things. So what are some of the other things that it gets used for? You mentioned before about music videos and Stuff like that. Yeah, we got, besides Balls Weekend, we've also started a new thing with culture that called the J- Jamaica Street Carnival Party. Oh, yeah, so, I've seen um, that. So uh, this year it's Rodigan, um, Cranium all the way from Jamaica, uh, Alakai Harley from London, and uh, Girls on Deck. Girls on Deck, yeah. Um, uh, they, um, yeah, Girls on Deck at the moment. And uh, there's, there's going to be more additions to the lineup, but uh, it's just... We're just playing around with the, the capacities with what venues we've got at the moment and what uh, the road closures would entail, what we could increase the capacity to. But tickets are going well and the interest has been um, quite overwhelming, actually. But uh, yeah, each like Culture Deck of um, Culture Deck's platform and our own, there's been a quite a good mix yeah. of it uh, and the demands shown, it's the, especially that type of music, because... Like culture that came with the uh, plan of reviving the old Liverpool Carnival, which I remember going to like year in year out when I was a kid, and it's just been non-existent since the nineties, you know. Yeah. And it, it was just like paying homage to that, but like 
having a venue to do it as well. So it's bare from being like similar to the Baltic weekend, but now we're trying to go for um more the street party side of it to give it the carnival. Yeah. Because can't really it's it's gonna be hard to give carnival vibe indoors yeah, when in the a, sun's beating outside. Venue, yeah. yeah. So yeah, I think it'll be a success. But following up on the um what Kid Street's been used for. Yeah, we found in COVID um the the uses for the building there was a lot of people asking for just getting inundated with their requests for filming uh, spaces. If it was for interviews, uh, music videos, photo shoots for product launches, yeah, everyone from, uh, and then obviously what came big over COVID, especially with music, was uh, uh, streaming DJ sets. Yeah, yeah so definitely. Yeah, we had everyone from like. Uh, who was it? Size done a few. Oh uh, yeah. Um, through uh, so Frank's through Paddy Quinn of No Faking. Um, and then we had uh, so Adidas uh, did a collaboration with Cream on an apparel yeah. line, and they did a um a stream. And then we had Twenty Stories High did a, a filming of a theatre performance by um Twenty Stories High, and uh, yeah, it, they just didn't stop coming. Uh, but it was hard to gauge if we could still uh, do facilitate, it through COVID, yeah. yeah, facilitate the space with not knowing when the restrictions were going to stop because we couldn't say like, yeah, yeah, we'll take your higher fee and then cancel it on them because we can open as a club. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it was just, yeah, it, it just be, it became apparent that like there was a demand for the space and like with the funding from the arts council that's what we're uh, predominantly using um the funds for which is obviously to cover the overheads which we were unable to facilitate because we haven't been trading but we've also shown that the to to um diversify the business yeah so it's, it's not just a bar and a nightclub you've got other sides yeah, there's of it, a, is there? the space that currently is only used for storage can be used to um facilitate the arts community if it is for theatre um, rehearsals uh, filming photography media spaces and uh, that's what we're trying to get done before the 21st of June to be honest yeah it is such a gorgeous space like if anyone's been upstairs it is stunning so if anybody wants a photo yeah. shoot I'd get down there yeah it is it's got a lovely um, roof light so the natural yeah. light that comes in loads of plants everywhere so the yeah, the queues always they would just get inundated with messages for requests for using the space for filming from people who run clothing lines. I think the latest ones a hair extension product Isn't line. It? Yeah, they, they they just keep coming. Yeah, I think it's just uh, such a um, a blank slate with that industrial feel, which is quite in fashion at the moment. Yeah, um, it just seems to be down the. Uh, the pathway of especially with product alignments is it just a good background yeah to launch a product? Is. have you got like a rooftop space as well yeah there's a flat rooftop at the moment it's only got a hatch and um obviously it's only a uh, close people to the business and uh like with like right health and safety management will allow people up there because it's not open to the public yeah. For uh, drinking because of access issues, you can't yeah, expect to go to up a ladder and have a cocktail. <laughs> but it is in the plans. Um, it always has been the plan to uh, open up the uh, the shoe spaces to the public. But 
it's just there. It's a hard one. Yeah, you get on that rabbit wheel and you just churn out events. It's so hard to uh, concentrate on uh, doing the work to get the infrastructure in place to expand the uh, this use space because everything from structural engineering to architects to... And I bet you during COVID, everything is just like delayed and like, yeah. especially because you've not had the income coming in as well. So yeah. it must be so hard. Yeah, and it's just like, especially the, the professionals in the, in those categories, they've just been up the wall. Like I think yeah. they've had the highest spike in demand for their services because whilst businesses that trade on uh, products, services has just um increased because i think buildings just never really gone away yeah like, and land's just been getting swiped up because so many businesses have been going out of business that developers and uh opportunists have just cashed in on you know the, the vacancy of sites yeah because it's been a good time yeah mad um and obviously i think this is the question which is on like everybody's lips <laughs> But what is happening with Kitchen Street? Because obviously, like last year or a few years before, there was all rumours that it was going to close because um, the student accommodation was going up. So there was positions and everything wasn't there. Yeah. So it's kind of stopped that happening. So is it going? Is it no, staying? Like we're not going anywhere. I think it's like I, I, I'm just as easy to blame as everyone else. But it's like when you put out a... Um, statements or anything you'd only read the first paragraph or a few words and then you just sort of make your mind up what the rest of it's going to say yeah. but what we're trying to entail was that uh, basically with there's something called agent of change which was uh, put in place a few years back but it's pretty much just a policy it's not even law which is um, any new residence that's built uh, around an existing business has to facilitate the existing business to operate as it was. Yeah. So in all, all sense, like whatever sound we were making, if any new development goes in place after it, it needs to make sure that whatever residents are in there are protected uh, from any noise outbreak that the existing business um, already produced, whether it be a factory, an airport, a power station it's like they shouldn't change it's if you're built if you're building something on a site next to an existing business you should you need to do all you can to protect your residents from whatever so then so then buildings should be doing what they can to yeah. yeah and so right like you've been there yeah. longer so basically from the first planning applications from the developers they basically just um were allowed to put the minimum infrastructure in place, which was proven by both sound consultants that it was evident that when the residents move in, they were going to hear us. And the problem that was we were trying to present is that after so many noise complaints, you go round and round in circles, going to license and uh, environmental health, the inevitability of the um, what the parameters of the sound was that we would eventually have to close due to noise complaints. So the petitions in general... Yeah, I think that's what everyone's seen, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, the petitions were to lobby against the, uh, the local authorities to make sure that the developers put the right sound insulation in place so that we wouldn't have come across these problems in the future. And time will tell if the um, complaints come, but it's... Uh, the, the new developers put more than the minimum and uh, 
the council did sign it off. It wasn't uh, as beneficial to us as we wanted it to be. And the evidence still shows that the residents will hear us. But until the residents move in and we're back to business, we can't say what the outcome yeah. will be. Do you know but, when the residents move in? When is it? Um, they were meant to move in what last summer before COVID, oh. uh, or this summer. Um, la- no, last January. Then it was this summer, and I think they finished building. I think possibly uh, just the early summer. So I think yeah. res- I've seen residents already queuing up to uh, view the site, f- to view the uh, spaces. Yeah, it's not so. It's not actually student accommodation. Yeah, it's, I was gonna say. I was gonna yeah. ask then. I probably got it wrong. Is it no? But the thing is, it's one, two, and three bedroom apartments. Uh, they're saying they're not taking on students besides the third years and um, you know, PhDs and master students. But in my experience, any one, two, and three bedroom apartments, even if whatever it is, it. it a lot of them are occupied by students yeah, through yeah. the parents taking on the uh, guarantor and the the responsibility of the, the contract and they just uh, get a couple of mates to live with them. That would work in our favour, but what wouldn't work in our favour is... Families you, Families or a doctor who's just come on from a night um, shift. Yeah. And, you know what I mean? Like, it, it, it shouldn't be our fault, but it's been... The onus has been put on us. Yeah. And we're going to do everything we can through funding that we've received, we are going to try and mitigate some of the problems uh, to the best of our ability. But in all honesty, like all the owners should have been on a developer, but it's just not how it works in Liverpool. No, Like it's, uh, you know, the publications recently in the papers of how the council work, it's been quite damning. Yeah, I think we've all seen that. It's it's appalling, but, you know, if it it shouldn't be that way, but it's... It's outside our control, to be honest. Yeah, so for fingers crossed when they move in, they can't hear nothing and you won't like incur them problems. Yeah, let's cross our fingers. Uh, yeah. I think um, we're not going anywhere and we'll always try and adapt to survive. Like, like people seem to think, especially other promoters, when the drinks are flowing and you've got a packed uh, dance floor that you are printing money, but... Trust me, ask anybody who's in our side of uh, clubbing. Like, the margins are pretty low. Oh, they? Yeah, yeah, they're very, very low. Like, you're lucky if you're making a profit yeah. on, a, on, a, on an annual basis. Um, but, like, it's... it's Even though we're eight years in the game, it's, uh, we're still learning as we go ahead. And it's that the financial management sort of comes last when you're trying to de- deliver events and keep people happy. But we're slowly, slowly getting a grasp of it, and you know that we are like in our own becoming well versed in all as- aspects of business when it comes to promoting finances, bookkeeping. It's just it's like the tech side of things. It's, you learn something new every day when you have a go, and uh, just with uh, being open more and being able to generate more money, you, you end up being able to employ more. Uh, experienced people in whatever profession they are, which sort of takes a weight off doing everything. Because from the start, we did everything from the security to the bar staff to the to the cleaning yeah. ourselves. It was literally just me and business partner and a couple yeah, of mates, and it was a uh, long days, long weeks from doing doing the building work to getting home, having a shower, and coming back in grabbing a stock from Tesco and opening the doors. <laughs> but yeah, it's been an interesting journey. Uh, 
Yeah. And, uh, Bet it was worth it though, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. It's just uh, looking forward to the future. I can't be 50 years old working the barber. <laughs> yeah. What does the future look like then? Have you got any like main future prospects for Kitchen Streets? Um, we'd like to uh, do a lot more outside of just club and live music. A lot. Um, we, we, f- we feel we owe more to the community, uh, doing a bit more community interest. Uh, partnerships and uh, projects. We've got some exciting ones in the pipeline, which I can't disclose with some uh, national organisations. Um, uh, yeah, some art, art, art stuff. Um, yeah, it's just there's loads going to come out in the, on, on our socials. Just keep an eye on it. Um, we, we obviously advertise we're going to be putting a Sophie mural up. Look, uh, got yeah. an advertisement out for artists to... Um, to pitch their proposal amazing, and yeah. of, of how to do it. So that'll be going down soon. And uh, yeah, it's just it, like, it, it's been quite, it's been great. The the lockdown sort of give it time to re, uh, reset and assess what you could change yeah. and what else you could do. Because in the past, it was seven days a week of getting up early, finishing late. And you don't have time to sleep. think, do you? Yeah, that's no. what I've enjoyed about the lockdown. It's given me time to kind of breathe and think, what do I actually want in life? And yeah. that's, that's what the year's been, kind of. And I've come back into it, like, right, this is what I want. This is what I'm going to do, so. Yeah, it's just, uh, yeah, it's been interesting because, like, just always having too much to do and not enough time to think about assessing stuff. We, we've had a time to step back and see what we're doing wrong, where we can improve. At the same time, it, like, it's been, it, in a, on a personal side, it's it's sort of realising how lucky you are or, like, uh, seeing value and stuff that you didn't. Yeah. Like, I've seen uh, since nightlife has been closed, everyone's been out on their bikes going mountain walking yeah that's literally what i've been doing every weekend it's something that did never even would have considered yeah two years ago and it's just great to see that people taking appreciating the finer things in life but at the same time you can just see as soon as that lockdown finishes everyone's gonna snap back it still does like we opened on friday and the queues are out the door for a couple hours just for tables to sit down and drink and they say like i know i think every i think it's been too long of no normality, and I, I know everyone's appreciated the uh, the, the um, simpler things in life. Yeah. At the same time, there's you, there's only so many times you can do it. Like Climb I, a mountain. Oh, I've, I've been to every park and probably the northwest about <laughs> ten times. I think my dog knows that the whole region, every corner, and every dog's uh, smell of piss. It's just yeah. It's 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 it'd be nice to break out of this cycle now. And, yeah, uh, it was nice to get back to work on Friday, to be honest. Just uh, seeing people and just have a, a conversation with yeah. people, isn't it? It's boss yeah. to get back. And um, I can't wait till we can go inside again and like yeah, have a real club night. Yeah, anyone going to circus? pilot on the weekend do you know what i wanted to i really wanted to but the last time i went to bramley Moor dock i hated it is it bramley Moor dock or sefton park bramley Moor dock which is the one in sefton park um i don't know i thought it was bramley i'm Moor sure dock. yeah it's bramley Moor dock there's one in sefton i think is if they're doing a band there's bands on i think is that sefton park i've not really seen I, that like one. i i assumed it was a bramley Moor dock the whole time and then i thought it was invisible wind factory first because i thought oh, they'll keep the cap small for the yeah pilot, well then... i would have went if it was there but bramley Moor dock 
as in it, not against if anyone likes when we was up the last time. I was like, I hated it. And I was like, oh no, I'm just going to save myself until like everything opens and I'll have like a well better time. Yeah. But it have will you, be a boss night. We put a party out on midnight the stroke of the 21st of June. It sold out like a couple hours. Yeah. So that's a deep part one, part two. And like they just, every time you put it out there, just like just go like that. And it's just the, the appetite for people wanting to be packed in a room after so long you can just see it's just and i think that's like a good thing as well because i know before lockdown like events like some events they weren't selling out like you turn up and the dance floors would be empty and your heart go out to all like the promoters promoters who've spent like loads putting it on and no one was turning up because there was too many events every weekend whereas now people are ready for it and they want to go out um the with the oh what was i gonna say (laughs) <laughs> I had it on my mind then. The, uh, with the, with the, when the 21st of June comes, like you can see the demands there and yeah. everyone's had enough of not doing anything. But it's just what I found is like when the shops reopened, um, you know, on the 12th of April, like uh, the non-essential, a lot of people told me like they went into town and there was too many people and they were like, got a bit of anxiety and a bit, yeah, yeah. you know, like had to step back a bit because you're like shit I haven't been around this many people for that long yeah. and you know outside it was a bit weird yeah because you know, everyone was used to just queuing outside the, the Asda or something and now yeah it was like, like it's been weird like last weekend I'm like you're allowed like allowed to be around loads of people like yeah. it's been good though yeah it is yeah like I was gutted because Ramadan started there a couple of weeks ago so I haven't been drinking and oh. I had to go to work and I was like and everyone's having a few bevies and talking. And, like, it was nice to talk to people I haven't seen yeah. catch up with them. But I was just like... Was, Do you know I, what? I was going to bring a few bevies today. Yeah, yeah, it's a good yeah. job whenever you yeah, would. Like, I've been around. I've got a full bar of it there. But, like, <laughs> yeah, I, I think it's like... Um, when is it? Two weeks tomorrow, two weeks tomorrow or Thursday. I'm allowed to have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Ramadan ends on a wet... It could be a Tuesday or a Thursday. It depends on the moon, but... Yeah, my lockdowns extended a little bit, to be honest. But you know what? Probably for the best, to be honest. Yeah. Roll on when you can have a drink. Oh, no, you won't leave Kitchen Street. Yeah. You were drinking the bar dry. Yeah, I'll have to. Yeah, but to be honest, it's like it's been nice today with the reset and like you sort of realise you were just burning the candle at both ends a bit too much. Yeah. It's been nice to like realise getting on before midnight, even when we've been opening these tier twos and tier threes and that it's been nice you know yeah to get on have something to eat and get up the next morning fresh fresh yeah it's just like i i I think i don't miss getting up feeling hungover till wednesday same you know like i'm loving these fresh sundays i'm thinking do i go back like i'm obviously gonna be be bladdered but i think i'll just keep it a you know occasional you know what i mean yeah for special occasions that like I like you sir. Yeah. And I just can't I, I don't want to feel like that anymore. No, see, it's, it's the worst, isn't it? Yeah. Um just to finish off, um I, I always do these questions with everyone. So have you got any inspirational quotes that you live by? Uh that's like to me getting older, like a lot of people just jump on the bandwagon of whatever somebody else is doing and thinking that because they did well in it it's an easy thing to do and you see they soon give up like when they see it's not all cracked up so what it looks like and it's like 
nothing good comes without hard work. Yeah. And I mean, like, you've got to give it your all. Like, is it like people become doctors, lawyers, what, like whatever they do, you see how many hours they do on paper or in the classroom or on a computer doing assignments. You need to put that same work in whatever you're doing. If it's DJing, singing, being a promoter, any researching, like the, like you've, you've got to put the time and be totally dedicated. And like you will never make it or be good at anything without having the same passion or putting the same time and effort into it. And that, like, it's just this whole thing of people just on social media seeing how easy it is to, like half these people are renting cars and like probably living in the mums. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they don't see that. The way Those people aren't successful. It. Like, you see, like the, the, the billionaires have got like one pair of shoes and still driving 30 year old cars. Yeah. You know what I mean? They're not wear, about wearing flashy jewelry and thousand pound pieces of uh, clothing and that it's like money's nothing it's like if it, if you want to achieve something that you're you're passionate about just put your all into it and you could just then it's easy to get out of bed because you're not dreading going to work it's like you're going to do something you enjoy but without putting the work in and just yeah nothing good comes easy like if you want something good only comes out of hard work yeah and there's nothing else that can like there's no alternative to it yeah no i love that though like i feel like you've just done a speech i feel so like motivated <laughs> i'm sat here like yes <laughs> no i love that um last question and i think i know what the answer is to this one but picture this packed out dance floor where would it be it's got to be kitchen tea hasn't it <laughs> yeah i like i think this it one i like it especially when there's just um like a, just a flawless DJ, like, or an act. Like, for I think DJ sets, I'd probably say, best one I've seen in our place, probably someone like Helena Half. Oh, yeah. Yeah, live band. I think I was blown away by Kamal Williams. That was something else. Just watching the um, use of days on the drums. It was so, like, sound like a drum and bass, something done on a computer. I couldn't believe he was doing it live. Yeah. But yeah, it's just when there's something good on, that's just the smell of brandy gets me and it's like, yeah, <laughs> I need a drink. But yeah, I do miss it. I think uh, after the lockdown, like we do a lot of events outside of Liverpool um, and other cities. Um, with having kids, um, I've sort of left it to the other, other staff members to take control of them. And I feel... Um, this time round, I think I'll venture out the city more than just literally from my house to Kitchen Street, every, like seven days a week, like yeah. ten times a day, just to change it up. You just see what, yeah, just different crowds, different people, just engaging with different people. I yeah. think this time I'm not gonna uh, miss out on that opportunity. Like when it's there, I'm literally yeah, when it's there, you may as well yeah. take it. At least I'm gonna get, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make sure I do it once a month at least. You know what I mean, just because uh, everyone else seems to speak to the other promoters and venue owners, and I'm always in the email chains, but I, I can never put a face to the name. And yeah. I think this time round, I, I, I'll, I'll be taking that step to the. What other cities? What other cities is it? Yeah, Manchester. Um, we've done Manchester, Leeds. I think we've got something going on in York this year. Done shows in Edinburgh. Um, we've never ventured into London. We've heard it's a uh, can be a. Uh, it's it's quite competitive. 
very so, territorial. So do you work with different brands down there and different? We've got our own brands. We've got yeah. the like techno is uh, the Wonder Pot. Um, oh yeah. Bass music and uh, rap. We've got Hot Plate, um, and then we've got like Twenty Four Kitchen Street events as well. But um, yeah, we take the brands um, nationally around other cities, mostly the northwest and um, Yorkshire. Um, but we like we are looking to um, venture out of those cities that we have collaborated in. The I past. never, like, I never actually knew that like Wonderpot and all them were like yeah, ran yeah. through kitchen streets. Yeah, yeah, there are. They're separate companies, um, separate staff, but it's like it's just like an amalgamation of all the same, using the contacts that we've had yeah, in the same yeah. year. Because, um, yeah, it's just, you can't, a ticket and business and bar revenue business, totally two totally different businesses and you can't run them the same. Like, and it gives you the time, it gives you the opportunity to take them out outside the city as well. Yeah. Rather than, you know, running the books through just a, a bar revenue. It's yeah. totally different. But yeah, you definitely need to like venture out then if yeah. you if you're in all them cities and towns like sick. Yeah. I would be. I'd be on every opportunity, going everywhere. It's, it's great though because what what you find is like you you you're able to give a better offer to the the artists and the DJs because if you can guarantee them a show in Liverpool and Manchester on the same day or the same week, you, you end up creating a a more secure and long lasting relationship with them and you're generating more income for them as well yeah. as yourself. And at the same time, you, you're making links with other uh, venues and venue owners and you, you're bumping into promoters that you never knew before. And you're learning things from other cities that maybe Liverpool hasn't got onto yet and you're doing the same to them. Yeah, and you so, can bring it back. Yeah, because uh, the, the trends change in every city and I know every city's got its own base or like um, flavour, but you find like, with the power of the internet now, like it's quite generic throughout. Yeah. Like if 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 something's happening in another city, it's only a matter of time until you, your city gets on it, and vice versa. And it 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 it's it's good to venture out the city to see like what could be the next thing to yeah yeah be on the scene yeah because it, like you know Liverpool's a massive student city and they're from uh, nationwide and even internationally and if you can cater to you know other other scenes and other vibes, like, and stay ahead of the curve, you, you sort of made your own corner then. Yeah, and you'll be keeping people in Liverpool. Yeah. But yeah, I think we're going to have to end it here. I could speak all day. <laughs> thanks so much oh, for no, coming nice on. I've for loved it. Down, you know, it's uh, been nice to not be speaking to professionals. and. Yeah, no, I've loved that. It's, I think everyone's going to love it as well. <laughs> um, so thanks so much no, for thank you. Um, coming down. Oh, thank, thank you, you very much. have a good night anyway thank Brilliant. you thanks so much for everyone for listening and watching today that was Saad the co-owner and director of 24 Kitchen Street um, if you like this episode don't forget to give us a like and subscribe um, and keep your eyes peeled for the next one